Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom brought to you by Manscaped, our great sponsors. Anthony will be doing that ad read in just a little bit. Uh, it's one of the funnier ones. So stay tuned for that. But the promo code is 20 go blue at uh, manscaped.com. It gets you 20% off and free shipping. We are also brought to you by our very own 2022 Michigan football preview magazine, which is has been sent out to the printer. It will ship in mid-July. You will get your copy. You'll be reading it on a beach somewhere, but make sure to pre-order it before June 27th, just four days left uh, to save $9. You're going to get it anyway. Uh, you can get it at the MDEN later, but why not get it shipped out first thing, saving that $9. So go to thewolverineondemand.com and uh, get your copy right now. A lot of hard work into that, 160 pages. Uh, tons of great stuff there, as we talked about the last few weeks, and, and we'll continue to because we got so much good stuff. But uh, let's start with some football talk. Uh, obviously, the dog days here. We took a couple of questions last week on that front. Uh, this week, a little bit of discussion about Michigan and NIL and their whole approach there. Uh, obviously, it's something that really since this thing launched last year, we've kind of talked about where Michigan's going to kind of be a little bit slower, play by the books a little bit more. You're seeing the the salary caps, as Jim Harbaugh called them uh, on a podcast this week out there when Ohio State says they need uh, $13 million to keep their team together or Jimbo Fisher's buying recruits and things like that. Uh, and I'm just going to read the quote before I, I get the reaction from the rest of the guys here. So, uh Here's Jim Harbaugh on the Jed Hughes podcast talking about name, image, and likeness and Michigan's approach. 
Uh, he said this, uh, I've said this before, we're still going to maintain that this is going to be a transformational experience, not a transactional experience. What that literally means exactly is we're not going to pay signing bonuses for players to come onto the team. We're going to, we're not going to pay recruits to sign here. When they get here and they do well, they're going to profit pretty good off of the jersey sales and other examples. And he had previously talked about some of those things, how a lot of players are making money, but it's for the current players. Michigan launched the Champions uh, Circle, which is the NIL collective there, but they are firmly uh, you know, going to focus on current players and not recruits. I guess um, I, I, you know, I like that approach. Public messaging is one thing based on what you're, you know, compared to what you're actually doing. Uh, I think it's two different things. So, Chris, I guess your reaction, you wrote a great column yesterday on this, which I thought was a fantastic read. I appreciate it. The one thing I'll say is that uh, there are ways to market this, and I don't think they're doing their best job of that by saying, hey, it's basically because it's going to be used against them on the recruiting trail and has been, you know, saying, okay, well, you don't want to go to Michigan. They're not going to pay you. Whereas when you come here, you're going to get paid, you know, and what I wrote yesterday was you can say we're not paying you to come here, but our Michigan athletes are making money, will make money, will make more money as they stay here. And these are several examples. And let's not be naive here, guys. A second, some of these elite prospects have gotten on campus. They're getting paid. Look at Hunter Dickinson. Uh, look at Will Will Johnson, for example, is probably raking it in. J.J. McCarthy, I know, is raking it in. Now, they uh, might be talking to people before they get on campus who are saying, hey, we're going to take care of you. But Michigan athletes are going to get theirs. And, and rather than come out and say, you know what, we're not going to give you money, uh, what I, I thought Jim Harbaugh would, should say is, you know what, our athletes are going to make money. They will make money. They are making money. And so will anybody who comes here. So just packaging it a little bit differently, in my opinion, would be better. So, But I like it because I'm old-fashioned, guys. Uh, and I've got a couple old souls here. I've got a guy that spews stuff from Bo Schembechler all the time, which is great. i got Anthony Broom, who listens to some of the same music I do. So uh, <laughs> sorry to out you, buddy. But you know what? Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, to me, that's the way it was supposed to be done. And, and, you know, I still talk to guys who played here and say, you know what, my money that I got was my scholarship and it was more than enough. So you still got that percentage, you know, whether they were black, white, whatever, saying the same thing to me, you know, from the 300, where are they now? So they wrote. And of course, they would have loved a little bit more, you know, uh, but here we are, fellas. It's free agency, and it's it is what it is. And uh, unfortunately, Michigan's going to have to step it up a little bit to be competitive. Yeah, I mean, I have a little bit of a harder stance on this. I mean, I do think I'll stop short of saying that Michigan's botching the messaging right now. But <laughs> you know, there is a lot of let's call a spade a spade. There was a lot of lost momentum earlier this winter and into the spring on the recruiting trail, and, and I don't think coming out and screaming to the mountaintops that you're not going to, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily, it's not that they're saying the guys aren't going to get taken care of. It's the way it can be spun against them. Right. And I think, I know there's always going to be that, uh, the idea that Michigan's going to do things the right way. They're not going to get into bidding wars and that's fine. And I think certainly with the infrastructure that's in place NIL wise and the collectives and the stuff that, it's it's been a slow burn, but it is kind of coming out more and more uh, for the Michigan perspective of things. I mean, you need some momentum on the recruiting trail right now, and the messaging of, you know, we're not we're not gonna. And again, Jim Harbaugh, he is he is a guy that is true to his word. He's gonna speak what's on his mind. They don't want guys 
coming to Michigan just because they're the highest bidder. I think to a certain extent, while it's not the same situation, um, you know, back you saw back in that 2017 class when they brought in a bunch of these maybe these blue chip guys that weren't exactly fits. And then you fast forward five years after that, and half of them never even more than half of them never even finished their careers at Michigan. So it's important to have a fit too. I think if last year taught us anything, it's that you know, outside of talent, like talent is always going to rule over everything, but um, there's a certain archetype of guy, uh, a team first guy that Michigan's going to go after. And that's not to say that guys that want to get paid and want to profit from their, their name, image and likeness are selfish guys, or they're not into the team, but I know you said it is where we're at now. Sometimes you have to take the world for what it is as opposed to, or the sport for what it is, as opposed to what you like it we would like it to be or what the good old days were like. Guess what? I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want to burst any bubbles. The good old days are gone. And if you want to thump your chest and say that we're going to do it and we're going to win the right way, well, you need to do it a little more than, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, take shots and, and, you know, don't want to kill the vibe coming off of last year. But if you're going to thump your chest about winning the right way, it has to be more than one win over your biggest rival every 10 years and a big 10 championship every 17 years. It's great that they did that last year. It's a lot of momentum heading into what feels like could be the second win of the Jim Harbaugh era, but it's not like the only thing that matters now is going out and doing it, doing it again. And I just think the messaging behind all this has been, I don't know. It's, it gets the, the traditionalists fired up. That's what they want to hear. I get it. Um, I sympathize with that in a lot of ways. I just don't, uh, I don't think it's beneficial to them right now to take a hard line stance. I do think that you should be a little more uh, politic, not politically correct, but um, play it down the middle and show like, instead of saying, we're not going to pay guys to be here, show them what these guys that just, you know, within their first year of the program, like your Donovan Edwards, your JJ McCarthy's, those type of guys show like show results. Don't scream to the mountaintops, show results. Yeah, I agree with that. And let me say one thing real quick, Clay. Uh, I don't think, I think, again, the athletic department was reactive instead of proactive. And I think a lot was put on the football coaches and some of the boosters who wanted to get involved in the NIL legally to kind of bring this together after this whole thing started. Once it was clear that this was going to be the case, that NIL was going to be a huge factor, you would have loved to see the AD have a plan in place where this is how it's going to work so that we can be a step ahead of the game in recruiting instead of playing catch up. And unfortunately I think they were in that position again. And now here we are in June, people are wondering where the recruits are. And I think that played a little bit of a role. I'll be honest. No, I I agree with that. And really even what you're seeing now, the steps they're taking, which by the way, I think are some big steps, especially in the last couple of weeks, that's, that's been on some of the donors, you know, some of which that we've talked to, Valiant Management, which is doing a great job, uh, you know, with what they can do as kind of a little bit of a third party and, you know, trying to advocate for the student athletes. And I get that NIL and I'm fully supportive of the NIL rules, uh, you know, not the way some schools are using them, but NIL is kind of on the individual to an extent. So I understand it, but I I agree. The athletic department moving a little bit slow there. Uh, They're moving slow. It looks like on the baseball search as well as eight guys in the transfer portal already. Uh, and they just lost another decommitment just before we went on air for the uh, 2023 class. So uh, just worth mentioning there, I guess as well. Um, so that's, that's kind of where things are at on the NIL front. I will uh, just kind of say one thing about these comments, like Anthony, you, you weren't saying that they were doing this, but in terms of screaming it from the rooftops, 
he was just asked it on a podcast. He kind of gave right. his response in context of what was going on around college football. So I understand it a little bit. And then somebody was like, why do they keep saying this when I uh, wrote the article with JJ McCarthy? Well, because I asked him about it and uh, you know, because he had a response to it. So it's, it's not like they're coming out and, you know, releasing statements or he's calling a press conference like Jimbo Fisher did the morning after he got called out by Nick Saban. This is kind of uh, just kind of in the general news cycle, but I think it's such a hot topic right now that it's getting picked up. Uh, so it's your fault, Clay. Yeah. yeah. So you can blame <laughs> partly me for doing my job and reporting, but uh, that's that's basically where we're at, I think, with it. Um, let's talk real quick before we get to basketball and Joey Baker, who committed uh, one day after we did the podcast last week. Uh, when we talked about how that was a uh, strong consideration. Um, let's talk about the New York City event, which did feature Ward Manuel, athletic director, Jim Harbaugh, the head football coach, Jawan Howard, uh, Kim barnes Rico, lots of other coaches on in the Michigan Athletic Department meeting with some of those big-time donors. It's kind of funny you see the pictures from it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. They still got to go out and do this. This is part of the job as well, to fundraise and get money for their, uh, you know, for their programs and everything else. Meeting with some big-time donors, they also were able to to share a little bit that, uh, Chris, you uh, wrote about earlier with some intel on what they were talking about. Yeah, and I love talking to the donors after the fact. And, you know, when the when the message is positive and upbeat, they bring their checkbooks out, right? And when they're getting served caviar or whatever, some of these guys at these events, then uh, then even more so. But, um, the, you know what, they're, they're both really excited excited about the directions of their programs. Jawan Howard said he wants to see another banner up there, not another big, just a big 10 championship banner. He said that 1989 banner has been up there all alone for too long. And he wants to add to it. And his message was, he's going to see it through. In other words, he wants to be here until he does that. So you guys know how hard it is, man. They've got one in the pro in the program's history. So, and it takes some luck. Michigan's been there, what, seven, eight times to the finals and won one of them. So, been in several final fours, they get to the final game and, either get screwed or something happens, you know, <laughs> so, but uh, regardless, um, I thought that was a great message. And he said that Joey Baker and uh, Jalen Llewellyn, I don't know if he mentioned them by name. I don't know the Baker signed yet, but uh, he said that the guys coming in are great fits. Let's put it that way. So um, I don't want to get him in trouble here in case Baker he signed. signed him. They, they okay. There you have. Yep. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> so that's what he said then. Uh, then he did mention him by name. So, um, they're still looking at Yusef Kayat, and he can't mention him. A uh, recruit out of Lebanon is going uh, to uh, commit Sunday somewhere. Michigan's in good shape, but so is Xavier. So you worry about Sean Miller. Uh, always worry about Sean Miller. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. But, and then on the football side, Jim Harbaugh laid out the goals, beat the rivals, win the Big Ten, win the national championship. And then talking to guys like DJ Turner, Mike Morris, fellas, they said, you know what, number three was great. We wanted to be number one. We're not satisfied. I believe them. So going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. But Harbaugh looked good in good spirits and uh, glad that he's still the coach here, guys, and that we aren't talking about starting over with somebody else because cohesion uh, and consistency is everything. And they have it this year and they've got most of the coaches back in place, uh, some new faces, too. But uh, this should be a good football team. Yeah, it's shaping up that way. I I'm. It's it's crazy when we talk about the football team and, and there's so much going like people ask me all the time, like, what do you guys what do you do now uh, that the basketball season's over, that so and so is over? What do you it's like the cycle's always going on. We've got Yusef Kayat stuff out there. We've got the uh, the transfer portal stuff. I mean, football preview was, um, you know, a couple weeks of our lives worth of work. So 
Yeah, I mean, just the snapshot of all of it, I, I think that both it's going to be another fall where I think both the football and the basketball, I think the basketball team, despite what's, um, you know, what they lost and, and missing on some guys in the transfer portal, I think it's going to be a pretty good team. But, you know, if they can find a way to land uh, this, this Yusef kid, I think, you know, he's someone that I think can probably come in and if not start right away, he's going to give you some really good minutes off the bench and, and kind of in that same mold as a, you know, of a Franz Wagner in terms of someone who's going to erase uh, you know, a switchable defender that can erase, you know, someone on the that end of the floor while the offense comes around, you know, really excited about poten- the potential of adding that to your lineup. Cause I think that's the biggest thing that that team really missed last year was someone on the wing who was just, um, you know, kind of a dynamo defensively um, Baker. Like I said, uh, if it's just Joey Baker that they walk out of the off season with from here on out, Eh, I mean, okay, it's he's probably going to give you 15 to 20 minutes a game. Um, but, yeah, other than that, so far, it's I mean, the, it, the new cycle has not slowed down at all. And, and a lot of these programs are in really good shape, despite some of the stuff that's gone on in the athletic department and with, you know, these coaching searches. So, um, or these coaching situations. So, uh, a lot of a lot of positive momentum in a lot of different directions, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, whenever I get that question, oh, what do you what do you guys do now? I'm like, it's Michigan for God's sakes. There's always something yeah. to do. There's always sure. something to cover. Uh, as as Anthony, you laid out there. I, Yusef Kayet obviously would be huge, and uh, as Chris, you said, just perfectly. I mean, it's Sean Miller. There's really no other way to say it. So, and, and he's had success with some foreign guys in the past, and I think that has piqued his interest from reading some of his comments. Um, so that will be interesting in the next several days to see how that plays out. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Um, I say one thing real quick. Yeah. What does it say about what does it say about Xavier that they hired Sean Miller? Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, they want to win I, at any cost, and it kind of seems that way to me. And uh, for all those, you know, Xavier this, Xavier that, you know what? I've got I've high school coaches that have told me they know how Xavier's operated for a while uh, and don't have a whole lot of respect for that program. I hate to say it. Probably going to get angry letters from the. 15 or 20 Xavier fans that are watching this, but you know what? That's unfortunate. There's no place in the game for a guy like that. And I'll flat out say it. I agree. I, I think he should have been banned on the spot really with what went down. Uh, and it's too bad. Not more really came out with the whole FBI investigation and things like that. But I agree. And Xavier's kind of in that, you know, you look at where they're at in the country, they're in the Louisville area. They're in the, that little hotbed down there. Uh, they want to win at basketball. Bas- college basketball is the number one sport. Uh, in a lot of cities down there, and I think Xavier's proving that they're they're serious about winning. We'll see, uh, you know, the the way they do it. But that that's very interesting. 
Um, as far as Joey Baker coming in for Michigan, Anthony, you said it about 15, 20 minutes is kind of what I'm expecting. I, I was kind of doing a deep, deep dive earlier and we'll have some more coming out on the site tomorrow, looking at some of his, you know, what he's done, some of his analytics. I mean, he is very much a role player. I mean, all he basically does on the offensive end is shoot jump shots over 75% of his shots were jumpers last year, looking at the analytics four pick and rolls that he ran two isolations everything else was either a spot up or he actually has some good numbers in transition uh second highest on duke's team points per possession so we're talking about a guy who who can run the floor and i think that's nice and he is six foot eight so he's going to be able to add you know some length there but he doesn't grade out well defensively you watch some of the clips there he's not going to you know be a franz wagner anywhere near it you know that's a huge high bar uh, you know, but somebody like that on the wing, that's going to stop guys, but he can shoot. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned it last week, 2.2, three point attempts per game. So that's not a lot, uh, for context. Caleb Houston was around five per game last year. Uh, Baker shot a little better though. He's going to have more opportunity. And I think that's kind of what he's looking for too. So we can't just look at the past and say, this is what it's going to be like. He didn't get the opportunity. So I think he's going to get more of that at Michigan. I think it's a really good fit for a team. So he made 33s last year. That is more than any guy returning on Michigan's roster made last year. So we're talking about, you know, they needed shooting. He brings shooting. If you can get Yusef Kayet and Parham together, I think that'll be that'll be a pretty nice haul for the late summer. And I believe he's coming off an injury too, isn't he? Uh, he is. Baker. Yeah. So yep. he, I got to recover from that. So, uh, you know, we'll see what they get. But I like the fact that Juwan Howard called him a culture fit, number one. Uh, that's important. I think that's one of the reasons that they didn't chase Imani Bates harder. And like we said, you know, who knows if they don't get Yusef Kayat, you know, will they go after Imani Bates? I don't think he's committed anywhere still, if I'm not mistaken, Imani. So um, we'll see. But uh, he's got in mind what he, he wants his roster to look like. And this is a kid that was a captain at Duke. So he's highly respected. And if he can make some shots, open some things up for Hunter Dickinson, I'm all for it. That's pretty much all I got to say about that. We aren't going to make a bigger deal about it than it is. You know what? It's a body and it's a guy who can shoot the ball. And if you can come in and give him a couple threes a game, fellas, you know what? That's something that really they were missing at times last year. Far too often. I mean, just, just mm -hmm. a consistent shot maker. I mean, you could have, uh, and again, it's not a one-to-one -one comparison. I'm not saying he's going to come in and fill the same role, but, you know, when Caleb Houston scored his points, it seemed like they all came in like six, seven, eight games. They came in bunches and then they were gone. I think Joey Baker is going to be a guy that, you know, maybe he's just like, I think ideally he's like a late stage Duncan Robinson, where he's a guy that comes off the bench, gives you six, seven, eight points a game, but he's going to, he's going to make the most of his opportunities um, and, and not be a net negative for you on the, the defensive end of the floor. So uh, I don't think it's a, if you want to say it slightly lower or raises the floor of the team, fine. I don't know that it necessarily raises the ceiling, but um, you know, it certainly takes a little pressure off of a guy like Isaiah Barnes, who, you know, if you were to miss on everyone, that guy was going to have to play a lot. And I still think he's probably a year or two away in, in terms of his development. So um, yeah, I, I, it fills a need. It It's a culture fit. Uh, I think the Amani Bates stuff is, is dead. Even if they miss on Yusef Kayat, I really do like this is a strong opinion. I think if they miss on him, your team is on the floor for next year. And I Great. think that's how I approach it too. Yep. No doubt. So I'm excited for this. Before we just quickly touch on the NBA draft, Anthony is going to read this manscaped sure. read. Uh, the floor is yours. 
All right. Well, gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there's a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle. He giggles in the face of danger. And he's a big, hairless winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right. Manscaped would like to introduce you to their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet. The Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. And uh, now you trust them with the whole shebang. You join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, like the three of us do uh, with our lives, by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code 20 go blue. Uh, you can correct me on that. I believe that's the code. It's not inserted in the read. Insert in the code here. here. Yeah. Insert code here. 20 go blue. So there you go. Platinum package 4.0. You heard it here first. Got Fantastic. it. Great stuff. Can't wait to get uh, the latest, the latest and greatest fellas. And so Always. got it for Father's Day again for a couple of people. And uh, just fantastic. Yeah, they're also yeah. Like, I had to mute. I had to mute you guys so I didn't like get the church giggles while I while I was singing it. So, oh no, I was singing the, the praises of Manscaped. So you did a hell of yeah, a job. We, yeah, we, that was a great job. <laughs> yeah, I you know you know it's you know got to put on the professional coat every once in a while. But yeah, we we love them. Uh, they're I'm actually again I've been saying feel like I've been saying this for a while. A little bit low on supplies here. Um, I have to get a platinum package for myself, but. We love working with them, and uh, yeah, Clayton. Any thought? Usually, you throw it to me after that. What's uh, you know? You have any manscaped testimonial to share? Well, I'll just say it was a fantastic read. They are a fantastic company. <laughs> um, I mean, always hooking us up. I'm sure that next package is on its way, probably for us. And you know, you can't beat it. Free shipping and twenty percent off. They're everywhere now. Uh, I think I've said it before, but when we started doing the reads, it was either 2 million or 3 mi million men worldwide. It's already up to four or five, whatever it is. So uh, very, very trusted and they're growing. Uh, so it should be, uh, you know, perfect match for us. Um, let's talk NBA draft a little bit. People could be listening to this after the fact, so we might sound stupid. Uh, I definitely always do. So it's really not much of a switch up for me. But Caleb Houston, Musa Diabate looking to get picked tonight. Um, Houston has been that guy. It's been such an interesting situation for him where there's rumors he has a guarantee. That's why he opted out of the combine. Musa did well at the combine, especially testing and doing all the jumps and everything like that, uh, as you kind of expected he would. But there are still a lot of concerns, I think, from people out there about what he is as a basketball player right now. And that matters quite a bit, as we know. Um, he could be late second round. Caleb could could sneak into the end of the first that would be the guarantee coming to fruition otherwise i think it's second round caleb probably has a better chance to get picked than musa at this point it didn't seem like it was going to be that way at the early uh early in the process but here we are yeah i think caleb houston's a second round pick at best uh, and i wish him all the best i you know what the kid was always great with us and i know people were ripping on him for his decision like i told his family uh, he always was first class in his dealings with us, whether it was a bad game, a good game. And I think his best ball is ahead of him. I think there's a lot of pressure on him because a lot of people thought he was going to be a one and done. And he kind of played like that at times, let's be honest, you know, so maybe it's going to be better for him when he's looser and he can let it fly and play with the kind of confidence that we've seen him play with in high school and on the world stage. So, um, but at this point, 
you know, as scouts have said, he's got to improve in a lot of areas. He's got a, he's not a great athlete. He's going to have to get better foot speed to defend. He's got to, you know, and more than anything, he's got to make a shot. So with Diabate, he's still so raw that it's going to be a couple of years. And that's why I think a lot of teams are thinking about not drafting him. You know, they're thinking about returns. And if your returns aren't going to come, you know, for two or three years, do you really want to take him and develop him and then have him go somewhere else? And, 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 you know, where his career is going to take off. So uh, I think shooting wise is where he really needs to improve. It's still a shooter's game, guys, watching the NBA Finals. Uh, you know what? It's, it's dribble drive, kick it out, three, dribble drive, kick it out, you know. So, um, and he can't shoot right now, flat out. So he needs to get better there. So uh, both great kids in their dealings with us. You wish you'd had him for another year here at Michigan, but wish him all the best. Yeah, I would echo all that. And I actually hit on that when I wrote about them earlier today uh, in our little draft preview. I mean, they, they both, especially Caleb, I don't think that's a guy who lacks confidence in himself in those media settings. Uh, he was always calm, cool, collected, uh, really just a, an exceptional dude uh, to talk to. I really enjoyed when we would you know, speak with him after games. But there was like an unease about him on the floor. He didn't always look confident. He didn't look, um, quite frankly, he didn't look ready. And, and to now go to the NBA where he not only – you know, you're going to be drinking from the fire hose a bit. Like they can only protect you so much. These are the best athletes in the world. Uh, the shooting form looks good to me. Uh, the shots didn't go. I mean, they would go in in bunches, but it was too inconsistent. Um, I thought he was tentative and looked a step slow at times on the defensive end of the floor. But, you know, I, I thought I thought if he returned to school, there was a chance he could take like a Jaden Ivy type of leap. Now, those guys are not even the same universe in terms of athleticism and, and potential, but. Yeah, for both those guys. And for Musa, like it, like I said, I feel like I'm, I've, all I'm doing is harping on them, but this is what the tape says they are as basketball players. Musa is, I've said this a million times on here, he's a phenomenal athlete for his position. But right now, you turn on the film and he's not a good basketball player. And he's probably going to be someone that a team is going to love to stash on their G League team. And you hope that two, three years down the road, he could be a rotational guy for you. But I, I just, I... I think obviously between the two, I think Caleb Houston has a shot to be a, a legitimate like rotational guy in the NBA, especially if he goes and plays um, for a team that has a, a lead guard that can distribute the basketball and find guys or open looks from the perimeter. But there's a lot of growing up to do for both of them. And for whatever reason, uh, well, the opportunity became available for them to explore that at a, at a pro level. And I hope, I hope like hell that, that there are two teams that are willing to give them both, a shot to play because I think that you are adding a couple good character guys to your room. Uh, and, and really that's mostly been the case. I mean, overwhelmingly been the case for the Michigan guys that come out They're They're incredibly easy to root for, even when they don't play so well, you know, in their towards the end of their Michigan careers, looking at you, Jordan pool. So yeah. Uh, best of luck to those guys. I don't think there's a future all-star in here. Do I think the next Duncan Robinson or Jordan pool is in his, in here somewhere. I don't think so, but I do think that there are a couple guys that will probably be playing pro basketball uh, for at least the next five years or so. And I'll say this as a friend of yours, Anthony, I hope someone clips that in five years and one of them's an all-star. And so I wish them all the best. It's hilarious commenting on draft <laughs> stuff because it can always come back to bite people. We've seen it's such, that. That's the thing too. I mean, not to, <laughs> not to cut you off. It is such a crap shoot. Like yeah. everything would have told you that Trey Burke was going to be a star in the NBA. 
He wasn't. He's the 12th guy on, on the bench right now in Dallas. And on the flip side, no one thought Jordan Poole would be what he was. No one thought that Duncan would be what he was. So it's just – it's a weird sport, man. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'll – I'll be the first to eat crow if, if something happens. But uh, again, at the end of the day, just two really good guys that are easy to root for. For sure. Wishing them all the best. I'll just leave the people with a couple numbers. Michigan has had nine first round picks since 2013. That's four more than any other Big Ten team. Michigan State and Indiana at second with just five. Uh, 13 picks overall. So Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston could be the 14th and 15th in that same time span. So Michigan has done, as we all know, a outstanding job at producing NBA talent under John Beeline and Jawan Howard. They're keeping it going. So uh, uh, enjoy the draft, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.